0: Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad you've tuned into the podcast, so glad you're a part of the conversation, uh, so glad just to join with other men who have been marked by Christ and who have recognized the mark we're all aiming at is Christ likeness. Some people might say, well, you're just trying to act like Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is the point. He is a he is the example. Many times people only see Jesus as and I should say only as a lesser sense, but only as a uh, like a singular sense as savior, deliverer, redeemer. And he is all that, and that's powerful. That's that's a huge, that's a way he stands alone. Because, I mean, I couldn't save myself. I couldn't deliver myself. I was a slave to sin. I was a slave to the, the sin nature. That's the whole thing that... Paul was wrestling with that. He explains in Romans seven, and he goes, who's going to set me free from all this? And then he finishes the chapter seven by, but thank God, the Lord Jesus Christ has set us free. And, you know, so we needed to del- deliver. We needed a savior, And that's what only Jesus could do. Only Jesus could do that for me and for you. Yet he's also my example. Amen. He shows me what it's like to walk with God and to remain in the Father and to remain in the love of God and to remain in covenant. See, the first Adam, the the New Testament defines Jesus as the last Adam, meaning the first Adam in the garden of Eden did he did not remain in the love of God. The last Adam, John 15:10 says, he remained in the love of God. He abided. And that's what the whole fifteenth chapter of John is talking about. He's talking about abiding, remaining, continuing. And so I'm glad to be continuing the conversation with you this week again in the Word of God with the help of the Holy Ghost. Because honestly, the Holy Spirit, he is probably the most important he is the most important person in this conversation. And you say, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean simply this, John 16 and 7. No one gets into truth without the help of the Holy Spirit. Only he, and Jesus referred to him as he, not it. Only he, Holy Spirit, can lead us and guide us into truth. Only he can reveal Jesus. And only he can bring revelation to us. He is our personal guide. It's like going to the gym and having a personal trainer who knows your body, knows your history, knows your makeup, knows your goals and desires, and personally there to train you. Well, Holy Spirit is our personal trainer, life trainer, but he's our not just a trainer and a coach. He is our eternal guide. He guides us into truth, and the reality is there is no one who gets into truth without him. Because truth is not information. It's a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And so that's, again, he's the life. He showed us what life's supposed to look like. He showed us the way we're supposed to live it. He showed us the truth about who God is and the truth about who we are. So here we are, men coming together around the table, around the Word of God. And if you missed last week's Marksman, I hope you'll go back. I had a very special guest, a very dear friend, a son in the faith, Pastor Eric Press Grove out of Fort Worth, Texas, actually Haltom City, Fort Worth greater area. But he pastors Crosswalk Church, a powerful church doing great things in the kingdom of God. Him and his wife, Michelle, amazing Jesus couple, just Jesus people to the core. And I had him as a special guest here on Marksman last week, and we dug into the, 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 well, it was in John chapter four, the woman at the well of Samaria. I don't want to even throw out a teaser, but I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. If you missed it, go back, listen to last week marksman whenever you can. And he was also our guest on family mission, our Friday podcast, our Friday episode that goes live every week. So um, we always love to have special guests, and when we have the opportunity to record and sit down and have a conversation with some of the amazing people that we've been blessed to know, blessed to do life with, blessed to press into the things of God together, then we want to share them with you. And so I hope that you'll uh, pick up last week's Thursday and Friday episodes. That's the Marksman and the Family Mission. So there's a shameless pl- plug um, because I just know how I was blessed. I know you'll be blessed if you'll take the time to go back and, and listen to those episodes of last week's Marksman and Family Mission. But today, today, I want to get back into really the heartbeat. Of marksman, the heartbeat, um, and so go into Proverbs. I'm sorry, Philippians chapter three is where we're going to begin. You know, when I when I first launched this podcast, one of the things that was a factor in that, um, as far as the selection of marksman, was this scripture right here, and this was a scripture that the last few years I had with my dad on the earth, my father um this was his life verse you know when i got saved both my parents rededicated their life to the lord they were born again they had been spirit filled um but i don't need to get into all the the history there but i had two of the most amazing parents um godly godly parents loving parents sacrificed everything so that me I should say, my brothers and I, say that grammatically correct, my brothers and I were blessed, blessed, blessed. Um, But I'm just saying that the last few years, especially after I got saved and gave my life to the Lord and submitted to the call of God on my life, man, it awakened something in my parents. And so those last, you know, number of years from the time I was 17, um, 18, you know, until my dad went home to heaven, we had a glorious, glorious relationship in the word together, much like what I enjoy with my two sons. And uh, so anyway, this verse, Philippians chapter three, was my dad's life verse. We spent hours talking about this, studying this, sharpening each other around this great truth, and it's right from the lips of the Apostle Paul, Philippians chapter three. I'm just going to pick it up in verse 12 of Philippians chapter three. Here's what Paul writes. Not that I have already attained or that I'm already perfect, but I follow after if that which I may apprehend what I've been apprehended of Christ Jesus. So that's a little bit blind, maybe a little bit blind in the the King James. So let me just read that in the Amplified, verse 12. Here's what he writes. Not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of, that is to grasp and make my own that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. Now, this is so important right here. Paul says, I want to lay hold of truth and make it my own. He says, I've been made. He's claimed us and made me his own. He's made us his own. But there's something on our end of the relationship that we lay hold of and we make it our own there's something very powerful about when truth becomes our own. I can see truth in another man's life, another person's life, and their life can inspire me. Their life can challenge me. Their life can convict me. All these things, good, healthy things that my heart needs through relationship. But those things come so that ultimately, Ultimately, I would then pursue Christ for myself and make those things my own. You know, I think sometimes in the body of Christ, we can learn behavior. We can learn verbiage. We can learn how to even act in church. And not to say there aren't right ways and wrong ways to act, but I'm, I am i trust you're hearing my heart in this. I'm talking about just learning certain behavior. When a certain psalm comes on, we... We do certain things with our hands, or we we clap or we lift our hands and we can some and we sometimes we can get caught in the moment of doing it just because everyone's doing it, and it may not even be a real sincere release of our own heart of our own faith, of our own conviction of our own revelation. Do you see what I'm saying, men? There's just certain things that, as we grow, we got to make sure we're not just learning and parroting. P-A-R-R-O-T, I hope I said that right, parroting like a bird parrots. We can teach a parrot to learn to say something, but that doesn't mean it's it's thinking like a person who thinks and communicates and forms their thoughts. It just repeats sounds. And we got to make sure that we don't just get into parroting behavior or parroting even truths. We're supposed to become the truth. The word, John 1.14, the word is supposed to become flesh. The word is to become our experience. The word is to become our identity. Jesus found himself in the word and we find ourselves in the word. It's so one of the reasons we went through Hebrews 11, we spent many weeks digging into those different men's lives who followed God, who trusted God, and then God commended them in Hebrews chapter 11 because of their faith, their trust, their obedience, and their worship. And so you and I, like Christ, he found himself in the life of David as eventually was called the son of David, he found himself in the life of Joseph as a brother who was going to save and bring about a great deliverance for a posterity. He found himself in the life of Moses as a leader, leading the people of God, the family of God out of the slavery of Egypt and bondage to sin into the promised land and dwelling again with the father. On and on it goes. So we find ourselves in the word and the Holy Spirit. He helps the word to become not just information, not just notes in a page or a journal or a notebook. uh, But he helps us make that word, that truth, our experience. The word actually becomes flesh. And that's what Paul is saying here. Now, again, that's the Amplified of Philippians 3.12. I'll read it again. Not that I have already attained this ideal, or I've already been made perfect or complete or mature, but I press on to lay hold of, to grasp, and to make my own that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me and made me his own. So there's a reason Jesus died for us. There's a reason that he wanted to deliver me and to save me. Yes, there's the the baseline reason that I'm valuable to God. I'm a creation of God. God fathered my spirit. Those are all very general truths that are powerful, life-changing. But there's also a specific reason that he dialed in and put you in his sights and said, I choose you. I want you. I'm going to lay hold of your life, John, your life, Eddie, your life, David. You know, I'm just throwing names out there. And So if that's your name, take it. (laughs) I'm just saying he chose to lay hold of me, Mark Spellman. He wanted to make me his own. Now, I then respond because he's leading the relationship, right? No man comes to the Father except the Lord draw him, unless the Spirit of the Lord draw him. So if you've been drawn, you have any drawing towards Christ, any drawing towards the Father, it's because Holy Spirit is working. God is working. And so he's drawing us. And because of that, we come home in our heart through faith and through repentance and through uh, turning our hearts to the Lord. And so he laid hold of me. Now I want to lay hold of everything in him that he desires to give to me and that he laid hold of my life for. That's what Paul's communicating here. He says, I want to understand why, because all God would ever have to do for our lives to be destroyed All God would have to do is, I mean, he wouldn't have to send a plague, send a bomb, you know, crash a plane, wreck a car, all the things that people (laughs) foolishly attribute to him. You know, even in the insurance industry, they say when your house gets blown away by a tornado, it was an act of God. Well, not God creator God, but uh, anyway, I'm just saying all that gets all confused and muddied. But here's the thing. All God would ever have to do is just leave us alone. If he just left me alone, I would self-destruct. I would destruct. My flesh would lead me into every deception, every a uh, kind of destructive, hurtful behavior, sinful self, and sin is just self-indulgent narcissism. Pastor Jerry DeSoma down in Needville, Texas, he laid that one out one time, and man, we laid hold of that. That's a great definition of sin, self-indulgent narcissism. If God just left me alone, my own self indulgent narcissism would have taken me into any number of ditches, maybe multiple ditches, and I would destroy my marriage. I would destroy my life. I would destroy my finances. I would destroy my health. I would then eventually be destroyed eternally. I'd go to hell but Jesus was not willing to leave me alone. Jesus was not willing to leave you alone. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to woo us, to draw us, to convict us, to convince us, to pursue us, to reveal Christ to us, to reveal his love to us. And that's what Paul has gotten a hold of here. He's like, wow, all Jesus would have had to do is just leave me alone. But in Acts chapter 9, Jesus appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus and said, Saul, Saul, it's hard to kick against the pricks. In other wow. words, his, Paul, Saul's heart was convicting him. Saul's heart was convincing wow. him that he was persecuting the church and it was wrong, but he was doing it because he thought he was right. And, and Jesus revealed himself and said, Saul, it's hard to keep kicking against these convictions of the Holy Spirit, these convictions I'm dealing with you. And thank God Saul had enough sense to submit and to humble himself. And he just simply said these very simple words. Who are you, Lord wow, that was Paul's conversion prayer. That, he later wrote the, the the book of Romans where we get the Romans road where we lead people to the Lord. But what was Paul's simple conversion? Who are you, Lord? And Jesus replied, you can read about it in Acts 9. I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. No. Now, Saul was persecuting the church, followers of the way. That was what they called him back then, followers of the way, because Jesus was always talking about being the way, the truth, and the life. So it was like a disparaging comment. It was considered to be an insult, like Jesus was some, was some sort of cult leader. And so Saul, as the religious police was trying to stamp out this cult, these Jesus followers, these followers of the way, And yet something inside was pricking his heart. Something inside was pounding on his chest. And it was Jesus knocking on his heart like Revelation 1. He's knocking. He's knocking. He's knocking. Maybe some of you feel that right now. The Lord just knocking on your chest, your your heart's door. And And the book of Revelation says, if you just open your heart, he'll come in and dine with you and sup with you. Well, Saul opened his heart that day. And you say, well, who is he, Saul or is he Paul? Well, he was Saul then, but then like like Simon, he had his name changed. <laughs> he went from Simon to Peter. Saul went from Saul to Paul. And Paul said, yes. And he, of course, the Lord dealt with him and um, released him into his call and vocation. But this is the man writing to us here in Philippians. And he's writing from a jail. He's writing from a Philippian jail to the uh, to the believers in Philippi. And he's saying, I I haven't yet attained as much as he experienced, as much as revelation he had. In fact, he didn't even start really walking in his ministry till he separated himself for years in the deserts of Arabia. And the Lord personally revealed the message Paul preached. That's why many Bible scholars call it the Pauline revelation. Most of the New Testament's penned by Paul. Because Jesus revealed himself very supernaturally to him. This revelation of what his life fulfilled. Like in John 16, Jesus said, I have many things to say to you, but you can't hear them now. Well, Paul was the messenger boy to eventually tell us what Jesus wanted to teach us, what Jesus wanted to say, but he said, you can't hear it now because Holy Spirit hasn't come and he wasn't glorified yet, but he died, he raised from the dead, he was glorified and he ascended and then he sent Holy Spirit to be our guide, to lead us into truth. And that's what Paul experienced. He was personally led by Jesus into truth. He was personally led by the Holy Spirit into truth. And then the things that he wrote, the letters he wrote to believers and to churches and to spiritual sons, these are the letters that contain most of the New Testament writings with the exception of Peter and James and the, and the gospel writers and, and Philemon and I might have missed one, but Titus. But anyway, I'm just saying spiritual sons and other gospel writers. But here's the thing. Paul, with all that he knew, said, I haven't yet arrived. I haven't yet arrived. And you know what? That's one of the things that I, I sense as I'm sharing with you on today's podcast. I sense such a hunger. I sense such a hunger in your heart. And I can tell you, you so how do you know that you can't even see me? I mean, I'm not even in the same room with you. I sense it in my spirit. I sense it because of the unction that that I'm getting from the Lord, the unction that I'm getting from the Holy Spirit. And that's not because I'm a great speaker. It's because of hunger, hunger in the people of God, hunger that men are desiring to aim their lives at Christ's likeness. They're desiring, like Paul, to to say, you know what? As much as I do know, I don't know everything, but I'm going to seek and I'm going to pursue. In fact, let's, let's finish reading some of this portion here. But that 12th verse really stood out to me, so I wanted to take some time with that because it's so important that we make these truths of Scripture our own that we don't just know God through other people, through their walk, through their revelation. You know, again, people can be inspirational. People um, can teach us things. People can be an example to us. But ultimately, we need to know the Lord ourselves. We need to learn how to hear God ourselves. We need to be able to open up the scriptures and hear God for ourselves and let God speak to us, let God guide us, and let Holy Spirit, who's the author of the word, let him be our personal tour guide, taking us on a tour of truth, a truth tour. Amen. So let's pick up this passage again in Philippians 3. Now we go on to verse 13, and I'm going to go back to the King James. Uh, Philippians three thirteen, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Now, remember, he just said in verse 12, I haven't attained, but I wanted, I do want to lay hold of that for which I've been laid hold of. So he reiterates it again in verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Oh, come on. If we want to hit the bullseye, I think Paul is telling us what's the bullseye? How do we keep ourselves aimed? It's kind of like getting in a plane you know those planes when they leave the airport and they're headed towards the next airport they're going to encounter all kinds of uh, prevailing winds and resistance and storms and all kinds of atmospheric conditions that they're going to have to constantly adjust constantly correct constantly make adjustments so that when they leave they then travel hundreds of miles sometimes thousands of miles and land right on the mark And Paul here is telling us how to stay on course, how to aim our lives as men, particularly this this podcast, but I'm just talking as a believer, how to aim our lives and then how to stay on course. And notice the first thing he mentions, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. I'm telling you, men, if we're going to stay on course, we're going to have to learn how to forget some stuff. We're going to have to learn how to let grudges go. We're going to have to learn (laughs) how to forgive and let it go. And I'm talking not only others, I'm talking ourselves. Sometimes we may forgive others. We may let them go, but we hold ourselves hostage. Sometimes the most Difficult person to forgive is ourselves. The most per- difficult person to just let it go is ourselves, and I feel I feel an unction on that right now, and I am because of that. I know there's grace right now for someone, for all of us, really, to receive grace to just learn to forget. The Bible says about God, He casts our sins. Into the sea of forgetfulness, it says in another place in Psalms. He says he removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. What What's the point? The point is it's forgotten. It, it says in the Book of Colossians, he's blotted out our transgressions, every ordinance that was against us, every transgression that would have caused us to be guilty. Under God's righteous judgment, the blood of Jesus has not only paid the price, it's erased it. It's erased it. Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Praise God for forgiveness. But don't stop there. And it says, and then to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's both forgiveness and Cleansing that means there's there's a way in the grace of God and the workings of grace in the workings of God's redemptive love for us to truly forget and to not hold it against ourselves, or to not hold it against our spouse, or to not hold it against our children, or to not hold it against our boss or our employees or our neighbor. You know, I feel like in my spirit, somebody just needs to forgive their neighbor. Just forgive them. Just let it go. It's one of the most powerful ways we can demonstrate Christ likeness is by seeing the value of another person, seeing their redemptive value, seeing God's ability to redeem their life and restore their life. But it starts with the power of forgiveness but also the power of cleansing away that sin. In other words, forgetting it, just letting it go. And that's what Paul says. He says, verse 13, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before. Sometimes we'll hear a message and we'll think, yeah, praise God, I'm going to go. And we start reaching And then it it becomes difficult and it becomes hard because sometimes we start reaching before we've taken time with the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit to forget some stuff. And sometimes we're bringing too much baggage into our future. And no wonder it's hard. No wonder it's a struggle. No wonder we're out of breath. No wonder we want to give up. That's why Hebrews 12 says, uh, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, and we're to run our race, and we're to we're to lay aside both the sin. This is Hebrews twelve one and two. Lay aside the sin, and the weight, and the weight. Now I, I'm just seeing something for the first time myself. I'm talking to you, but I'm learning as I'm talking. Think about what that scripture says, Hebrews twelve one. Let us run our race. Laying aside the sin and the weight. You know, I've I've always understood that verse to mean that, you know, hey you some things are obviously sin. Obviously get rid of that. Other things may not be, quote, sin, but they're a hindrance, they're a weight, they're a distraction, they're they're getting our life cluttered up. And I that's certainly true. I think that's a powerful, powerful application of that scripture. But I'm just seeing something here. Sometimes we can lay aside the sin, but the weight of the shame, the weight of the, of the remorse and the regret, the, maybe the weight of the consequences are still. And he says, I not only want you to lay aside the sin, I want you to lay aside the weight. Now, that's a word for somebody. That's a word for me. I'm telling you, I'm taking that. That's powerful. I'd never even saw that verse that way. I, I'm literally seeing that for the first time as I'm talking to you. And that's why I said, somebody's hungry. Somebody today listening is hungry and God's answering the hunger of your heart because the Bible promises, Jesus promised those who thirst will be satisfied. Those who hunger will be filled. And so in Hebrews 12, one, you can go back and look it up in verse two as well, where Jesus is referred to there, and the writer of Hebrews says, Let's lay aside. If we're going to run our race. If we're going to finish. Like Paul, we're going to have to learn to forget. Lay some things aside. Don't just keep trying to reach, 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 unless you first laid some things aside. And not just the sin, but the weight of it. Just give it a, You say, But my, my sin, it, it hurt people. It brought consequences upon people. Okay, okay. I get that, and God gets that, and that's why we can commit that to the Lord. I mean, we can only do so much, and if God gives you wisdom on how to make some things right, restitution, reconciliation, God will lead you, but here's the the freeing point from all this. God wants us free from the sin and the weight, and some things, only God's going to be able to heal it. Some things, only God's going to be able to fix it. And so we release it, not to just release responsibility, but to release the, the one who can really fix it, the one who can really fix them or heal them or restore them if, if the situation applies to like consequences and so forth. But I'm telling you, I know God's speaking today in all this through Philippians 3, through Hebrews 12, and also just through the simple truth of how dependent we are upon the Holy Spirit, John 16, seven. I mentioned that early in the conversation, you know, and so we're going to, we're going to move towards a wrap up here, but I want to finish this short passage. I'm just going to finish reading it, but I'm telling you, the Lord has really highlighted some beautiful and powerful and, and, uh, transforming truths for all of us here today, amen. So let's, let's finish reading this. That was verse 13. Now, verse 14, this is our signature verse here on Marksman. Verse 14, King James, I press towards the mark. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So obviously we're going to have to pick up the conversation next week. We'll dig into a little bit more on this, but I'm telling you, we we've already received some really precious and powerful truths as we we dug just a little bit into verse 12, a little bit into verse 13. But that portion also in Hebrews 12, I hope you'll take some more time this week, men, and meditate on that, pray into that, study into that. Let the Holy Spirit take you even further into that. But I'm telling you, he wants us to lay aside not only the sin. And there's grace to do that, but also lay aside the weight and the weights produced by that sin. And I know that word weights can mean other things. so I'm not trying to take away from that, but I'm saying Holy Spirit highlighted that for us here today. So let's take that, that there's grace to not only lay aside sin, like Paul, we've been kicking against the pricks, maybe maybe you're listening today, and you've just been kicking against something maybe you've been knowing you need to change this, you've been knowing you need to stop this, you've been knowing you needed to start this or whatever however it applies, but we've all been there, men, we've all kicked against the pricks, we've all procrastinated, we've all <laughs> been slow to obey. And I don't say that to make light of it because there's really no excuse. And when we do that, it's only hurting us. It's only hurting me. It's only hurting you if we're slow to obey. And so I don't say that to, to bring any condemnation. I'm just saying there's grace, grace, grace to obey. There's grace to lay aside the sin. There's grace to lay aside the weight produced by that sin. And so right now I'm just going to pray with you, pray for you and pray over you. And if there's anybody, you know, that needs to hear this message, I pray you'll share the podcast with your friends, share this conversation with people you love, and it'll bring an encouragement to them. It'll bring a stimulation to their faith, a boost um, to their faith and their walk with God. So right now, Father, I thank you, these precious truths that you've highlighted out of Philippians three, verse 12, verse 13, also out of Hebrews chapter 12, you've brought some very precious, powerful truth right to the forefront for every man to hear, to respond to. And I know that there's grace that's flowing from you to us right now, and we receive the grace Say that with me, men. I receive the grace. That's right. Say it. I receive the grace to lay aside the sin and to lay aside the weight produced by that sin. I lay aside all shame. Say that too. I lay aside all shame. I lay aside all regret. I lay aside all remorse. And I receive my righteousness as a gift, a gift from Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It sounds like when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, they knew what they did. Read about it in Genesis 45. They knew what they did. And yet Joseph said, no, come close to me. And I hope you hear that, men. He's calling out to you. He's saying, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, I can teach you how to forget. I can teach you. I can lead you. I can guide you. I can give you grace. And I'm here to walk with you. Man, what a great conversation we've had today. I feel like you've been sitting right at the table with me. I feel like you're just sitting right across the table, and we've been kind of sparring back and forth in the Word. And I tell you, it's a joy doing life together with you through this podcast. And so I bless you again. Until next week, keep aiming your life at Christ.